You're listening to Lady Radio, the hottest show this side of Dizzo. Attention, executive shuttle approaching. Guest commander, please, Booker, put you on approved for docking. Station commander to the bridge. Station commander to the bridge. Welcome back to uh, Lave Radio. This is a special edition podcast in our writers' interview collection. And joining me this evening is one of the writers from the Tales of the Frontier book. Now, this is a collection of short stories put together by different authors, and one of the organisers, the main instigator behind the project, certainly, and uh, and one of the people who has certainly done an awful lot in terms of their website and other bits and pieces is Chris Booker. So, welcome, Chris. Hi. I kind of gave you a bit of a, a bullet point introduction there, and it rambled slightly. Is there anything particular on the project that you're doing that I didn't cover? No, at some point I've got to write a story. Well, I, I should say I am writing a story, otherwise people will not feel as though it's going well. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've already seen some drafts of your story. Yeah. I know you've already written some story, yeah. so there's, there's, all is good. Story is being written, and yeah, I've done the website. I'm trying to sort of gang up with the rest of the writers on Michael and, uh, and get info which seems to be something we're really really lacking in certain key areas at the moment but through no fault of their own pretty much just trying to herd 14 or 20 other people that i've never met before and and get everybody pulling in the same direction so we can get a book done that's the interesting thing about your project which is particularly different to some of the others whereby you've got quite a lot of different contributors and i'm I'm aware it's it's obviously there's a, a set of writers there's also other people as well so how do you manage to pull all that into one place. How's it working? Fortunately, it's the, it's working kind of democratically in that quite early on, we sort of went on the forums. Frontier have been kind enough to give us our own sub-forum to save me the job of setting one up. And we went on there and we put up some posts and we said, right, who's going to do what? Because for me, all of the authors, are we're a collective. I'm not the boss. I've set up the Kickstarter, but it's not my money at the end of the day. So this book belongs to all the people that are writing it. So we went on there and we said, right, who's doing the Facebook? Who's doing the Twitter? I'll do the website because that's my job. I'll make any decisions where nobody can agree. But thankfully, everybody seems to be kind of pulling in the right direction and agreeing. And uh, and, and everybody's got something to offer. So that's good. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what, what kind of started you off in terms of the idea? I mean, it seems, you know, particularly novel. Were there, uh, were there any particular things that inspired you in terms of setting this up in this way? I wanted to be able to contribute more than the 50 quid, which is, which is what I originally went in at and thought I could afford. The problem is it's like, how much can you do? How much can you go? Everybody wanted to, to do whatever they can. Obviously, everybody wanted to see the thing over the line, especially during those middle 40 days, was it? I mean, how, when did most of the money actually mm. get taken? Oh, yeah. The, at the beginning and at the end. Yeah, really, wasn't the beginning, it, yeah. it was looking fantastic. And then in the middle, everybody was like, oh, so is this going to happen? Or And then towards the end, obviously, we knew it was. So uh, I think it was the so end of December that everybody was starting to feel as though it was going to properly happen. Yeah, 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 pretty much. I mean, when did when did Tales of the Frontier as a Kickstarter kick off? When did you guys sort of start it? I think we started it um, at the 
beginning of December, because I think I sure. ran it for about a month. December the 13th, I'm just looking on the Kickstarter site. So, so yeah, the reason I started it was because it seemed like a good idea. I felt as though writing a story or writing a book would be something really good to aim for. I kind of wanted to learn a new skill, do something I've never done before, give myself a challenge for the year. I thought, a year... But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to say, give me your hard-earned money and I'll write you a novel because I don't have the confidence to deliver a novel myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't really think that it would be fair to get somebody else to pay for me to experiment with it. So I figured a short story would be quite a good thing to aim for. And I checked it with Michael. He said, you can do 15 stories. So I thought, hey, why not let people who have only got the, like the 50 quid to spend, why not let them write a short story and have the benefits of the four and a half grand pledge, give everybody else that backs it the bonus of having 15 different stories, and that's how we got to here. What are your original Elite memories? What were the first things that, uh, that drew you to the game and the franchise? My original Elite memory is my dad telling me that I can't play this game. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm like uh, six or seven years old in 1984, and okay. it's on the spe- it's on the Spectrum 48K rubber keyboard and everything. And I'm not reading computer magazines at that time, which clearly have obviously raved about it because it is what it is. It seems like, from what I've read in hindsight, everybody in the country went out and bought this game. Every every computer owner went out and bought this game because it was so new and different. And I was just categorically told this is far too complicated for you to understand. <laughs> don't don't play it so oh. which which of course makes you want to play it doesn't it so absolutely so how did you get around your dad to be honest i don't think he was wanting to stop me playing it because it was he was worried about the firearms or drugs trading i don't think that bothered him at all <laughs> i think it was a because he wanted to play it and there was only one spectrum and, right. and b because he just thought that i wouldn't really get it so what i was going to say what did you do to get yourself yeah the opportunity to actually play the game to be honest i think with the spectrum i most i mostly just sort of watched him and helped him and, and did the whole father son thing and really it, it i got into it on its own merits for myself really probably when we got into atari st territory because I, I definitely remember having more time on elite i think it was elite plus with the filled in polygons and it was all looking quite a lot prettier okay i played the atari version a little bit but you had one version that had the ecm jammer and uh i think i, I played the version with the ecm jammer i don't know yeah. either with the version numbers but i remember the wolf mark 2 yeah because yeah. it was like uh it was like the fastest thing in the game and very deadly and i remember <laughs> retro rockets being inexplicable I don't know how they got in there, but a retro rocket in real life, correct me if I'm wrong, helps you stop something that's moving forwards. But these things just blasted you backwards. (laughs) I think they're a bit overpowered. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think there were some tweaks going on anyway. But uh, did you play Frontier and Frontier First Encounters? I, I played both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got Frontier the, the day it came out, either on the Atari or the Amiga. Fair few computers going on in my youth. But yeah, I, I couldn't wait to play Frontier because everybody wanted to land on these planets, didn't they? Mm. And, and this gave me the opportunity to do that. Wasn't the biggest fan of the combat, I have to admit. But I got used to it and I played it. And more for the flying around and trading and... and seeing all the stuff rather than the fighting because the fighting didn't really do much for me once you got your sort of certain level of laser or whatever you just point at the dot and 
aim best as you can and something blows up doesn't it yeah i guess with first encounters how did you find that was it just an extension of your frontier playing time pretty much i didn't really follow the storyline too much because i I didn't do all the thargoid stuff like you said i just did more of an extension more of the same Mm -hmm. i think i kind of dropped out of it a bit earlier than i should have done though because i was disappointed with some of the bugs which we later found out what we'd actually been given wasn't a release copy which is sad but because obviously if that happened today that would Although it wouldn't be fine, it would be reparable. You'd be, able to, you'd be able to patch it and fix it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen recent releases of other games, haven't we, where there's there's been patch issues and what have you. But of course, by the nature of us having a sort of more connected computer gaming media, you've got the people who've bought the copies can immediately get a patch or yeah, signal exactly. their displeasure. Whereas, of course, back in 1995, it came out the box, you put it in, you played it, and then it broke and you tried to fix it, and it broke. Yeah, and you, thought... and you could get patches, but it was quite sporadic, and it, yeah. it wasn't Steam. It wasn't you turn your computer on, and then your game patches itself. It's like you have to go hunting for this thing, and then you have yeah. to download the version for your localization. Do you have the English version, the German version, or whatever? And then if mum wants a telephone call midway through, exactly. you're kind of a bit screwed, aren't yeah. you? So, you know, it, uh, it all had its moments. Yeah. So, I'm, it? so I'm not sure whether it did get patched in the end. Or, or how long it took to get patched, because those memories are sort of a, a little bit fuzzy. But well, I mean, quite you know, quite a few people I've spoken to, they kind of, you know, they kind of dipped out because of the fact that the bug was there, and and that turned them away. Yeah. So you know, which is is kind of a bit of a shame. Yeah, because really. you get assassination missions, and the target wouldn't turn up. You'd get the, I think people were ramming planets with panther clippers loaded with shields. I, <laughs> I remember shooting my own spaceship down with the turrets. <laughs> yeah there was one ship uh, i think it was the lion know. yeah you could do that you could turn the turret on your own yeah. ship couldn't you yeah no it was uh, it's quite amusing okay so let's go back to the elite dangerous kickstarter mm. when did you first hear about that going on now you're probably not going to believe it but i got into it on the first day and it was an accident Oh, fantastic. Um, I've been on the Frontier forums since they set them up in 2006. When they first set the forums up, and and I've been checking their website since they had a website for the news, and they first set the forums up and we thought this is an ideal place to go and bug people into making the game that we wanted to make. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And over the years, it became like, well, I'm still interested. We still want the game to be made, but we've, we're kind of expecting it's not going to happen at this point. Mm. And there is only so much you can talk about for six, seven years on a on a forum about elites. So, so I sort of stopped visiting, but I went back every month, every couple of months. Whenever it crossed my mind, I thought, oh, mm. there's no games coming out. Well, I'll Google Elite Four and see what's happening, see whether anything's happening. And I just happened to be Googling Elite Four on that day. I think I went to the Kickstarter first, and then I went to the forums and read that first post. So uh, I wasn't the first to see it, but I was among the first. Fantastic. And I guess straight in the pledges. and uh... Straight in at 50 quid. I thought I, I didn't mess about with this. I'll give you more later sort of thing, which sure. is, uh, I think is great. But I just kind of looked at what I've got and thought, this is what I can afford. And I'd pay 50 quid for the game easily. So, uh, so yeah, if I'd have had a few million quid, I would have given them the money that they wanted. But I think most people would say the same. Obviously, people contributed whatever they could contribute. Yeah, I wonder whether how much love they, they thought there was out there or whether they thought nobody remembers this or 
I don't know. Mm. I wonder what was going through their minds. I'd be interested. Well, yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I mean, certainly you've got uh, some elements through the the whole thing about how well they did in terms of their content, and then your or how not well they did in terms of their content mm. initially, and then obviously how the content changed, and you know, more more was revealed, and so you know, I think it was a learning process for everybody. Yeah, I think so, definitely. Them, you know, also for the people involved. Did you get involved with the the comments page? Oh yes. Every day, I, I've never, I've never pressed F5 so much. I, I couldn't keep up with everything. Nobody could, I don't think. But uh, it was really, really enthralling. And then, obviously, once it got to the point where we were obviously setting comment records, you had to, you had to join in and see if you could break Kickstarter, didn't you? Really? Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I only got into the the comments page quite late because. Uh, my pledge was quite late, but um, it was lovely to see early on. It was lovely to see just just how many people were were chatting away about uh, something that you know was part of of everyone's childhood. Which yeah, uh, definitely, definitely fantastic. So, and you got to the end. Were you there for the for the last couple of days? Yeah, it had to be because our Kickstarter ended literally the day before, um, wow. and I took four and a half grand out of my business. So, because <laughs> I don't have that kind of money in the bank, so I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm explaining to the other people that I share my bank account with, saying, "No, no, it's coming, but it'll be paid back. Don't worry." <laughs> oh gosh. So yeah, so you had a bit of a moment in terms of uh, the delivery for the writers' bank. Yeah, I gave, I gave myself an hour to uh, to make sure that it, that was, the elite one was funded and mine was funded, and that I could actually pledge the money and know that I was getting it back. I, oh, I didn't. Bless. I didn't for any moment think that Kickstarter wouldn't give me my money, but I didn't want to sort of end up with a sort of timelines being screwed up and either having money pledged to something that wasn't going to happen or m- money pledged to something that I didn't have or you know it's all certainly the method of Kickstarter. I think everyone was kind of feeling it through because early on I wanted to pledge and then looked at how the pledge system worked and got through a couple of screens and went I don't really understand this. Yeah. And this is this is a lot of money is it going to disappear straight away? I I, I you know and backed out a couple of times and then eventually worked out what i was doing and you know and kind of went through it yeah so. exactly i did i did a spreadsheet because obviously they charge the fees as well don't they so yeah I, yeah i had this spreadsheet going and i'm i'm fairly confident with my numbers but i was like am i sure that i've got enough money here <laughs> have i asked for the right amount <laughs> so at the end of it when you had the, the tales book funded i guess part of the inspiration was the material that you had connected to the previous games yeah, embarrassingly enough, there's probably a couple of like school exercise books knocking around my parents' house somewhere that are Commander Kipper's elite memories or adventures or whatever. So I was always drawing the ships because they were, with them being such simple polygon shapes, they were so easy to draw because I can't draw at all. But it was one of the things, I think it's originally being said that the only reason Elite was a space game was because mm. the computers at the time could handle drawing a black screen with some white dots on it. <laughs> and kind yeah, of that's no. the, the same way as my sort of art skills lie i i used to draw space things all the time apart from because it's fascinating but it's for me it seems like one of the easiest things you could possibly try drawing if you can't draw so that was that was kind of your inspiration but i mean ter- in terms of the format of tales yeah i guess because it has a very similar format to some of the the booklets that were received with with Frontier and with Frontier First Encounters. I mean, was that was that a draw on on your idea? Was that something that you wanted the a similarity? No, I didn't think about it. What we've seen now is a bunch of Kickstarters that are all doing different things with RPGs and game books and obviously mm-hmm. the full length novels and everything. And I I was just trying to look for an idea that offered something different and 
I thought the short story thing was good because 15 stories, even though they're all shorter, gives you 15 different flavors from 15 different people. In some ways, I think it gives you more. Obviously, we can't go into the detail that the full-length novels can, but uh, but you just get 15 different viewpoints and 15 different adventures. I thought it was generous of them to let us do 15, to be honest. I didn't expect the number to be that high. And what about, I mean, in terms of the project itself, it's not just writers, is it? What else have you got attached to this? We've got illustrators, although some of them appear to be missing at the moment, and we'd like to find them if anybody comes across one of them. But in our little sub-forum, we've seen some of the early artwork that they're producing, because obviously illustrators come can't really illustrate what doesn't exist yet so we're starting to get drafts of the stories and illustrators are now starting to look at those and say oh I'd like to draw that scene or I'd like to draw this scene and I have to say what we've seen so far is bloody good so uh, I think people are in for a treat there what specific things can we expect from uh, from the tales book what kind of we've got 15 stories we've got some artwork how is it approaching the uh the elite dangerous universe what kind of thing can we can we get from it so i should say at the moment i should just say that it looks as though we might be down to 14 stories at the moment unless we can find one of our missing people but uh 14 i think out of 15 is still pretty good absolutely it's all the cats in the bag bar one yeah so, you know it's not yeah. uh, too much of a bother and i'm sure uh, i would guess the uh, the other writers will uh, will make up any sort of wordage in terms of what's there, um, what, you know, what kind of wordage are you looking at in terms of your? Well, I think any ideas. I think we're looking at sort of um, seven to twelve thousand words a story. Um, right. Now, I know some people have. I know at least one person has done something that's quite a short one, a, a mm-hmm. short short story. Uh, but I know at least one person has gone quite a lot over that. Um, so if I'm if I'm right in saying that a novel is somewhere between sort of seventy thousand and a hundred thousand words, I think mm-hmm. we're going to be bigger than a novel if you added all our word count together. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I don't think anybody's going to miss number fifteen if number fifteen doesn't make exactly. it. But we'd like we'd like number fifteen to be there, but you know yeah. if they if they don't, they're certainly not going to be shortchanged in terms of what's there. I think certainly if we if we if we don't hear from our missing person. We'll, we're going to try and think of something, maybe get one of the other authors involved or collaborate mm-hmm. on a special 15 story or something, because it would be nice to to give the 15 that we promised. Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm available should you should you need me. We, OK, we, we, we <laughs> may I may get that call. Just saying. So you've got a variety of authors with a variety of different levels of experience. Yeah. What process are you going through to try and keep that so that there is a consistent level of quality in terms of your work? So what we've done is obviously you've seen from the funding level that we got, we broke our target and what we said is the excess will be used to print copies of the book. So we don't have any money for editing and professional services in that way. But we're just going to try and leverage as much experience as we can out of the the 15 of us or the 14 of us and out of the other authors where possible on the other writers forum. Once we're all happy with each other's contribution, that there's obviously the frontier approval process to go through. And then so I think there's enough steps involved to ensure that it won't be shit. (laughs) yeah no absolutely i think i mean you know at the end of the day the other thing that motivates everybody is that it's such an amazing experience yeah it's such an amazing opportunity so you want to put your best don't you because even the people that haven't even the people that have some writing experience i don't think any of our authors are are published before so Mm. this is a chance for them to get something that potentially a few thousand people are going to read maybe more than that who knows 
Absolutely. Do you think there are any other challenges that specifically the book project uh, is going to face? I think our challenge is, is getting everybody in the right direction on the right timeline to get everything done at the time we want, because we still want the book to come out with the game, because mm-hmm. that's the, the best time it could possibly come out. And we did say that the early backers, would we would try and get them a book before the game, because I kind of imagine myself when the game comes out... I, Maybe I don't want to sit and read a book when I've just got this brand new game that I've been waiting 10 years for, or however long it is. Yeah. So 15 years it will be maybe by then. So an idea being then that you'll try for an earlier release if you can get it, I would guess. We certainly try for an early release for the early backers, and maybe once Frontier Firm up their release date, we'll try for getting maybe the book into people's hands maybe a week or two before the game so they can read it, they can get excited. And then when they get in the game, hopefully they'll, you'll get that thing where you kind of know more than the game is telling you sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, because hopefully we'll, we'll talk about planets and we'll talk about people on planets and we'll get involved in people's stories. And then hopefully that will set people's imaginations going and make the experience more than just pixels on a screen, hopefully. Can people still back the book at this stage? Yes, they can They can actually buy a printed copy on our website, which is uh, elite-anthology.co.uk. We've got copies that can go out to the UK or Europe or the rest of the world. So it's just the same, same price, different postage. But basically all that money goes into our PayPal account and that's used to actually print the copies of the book and uh, and people can, can get in there and, and do it. Or they can just buy the ebook. It's the same price as the ebook was on the Kickstarter. So if you just want to get a copy for your e-reader or your iPad or, your, or whatever, then just head to the website, get on the order page and, uh, and send us the money. Where, where in the process do you think you are at the moment in terms of uh, towards completion? I mean, we're, we're, what, five months, six months now? So whereabouts are you? So I think we have four or five drafts in that have gone through. At least the other authors started reading them and making their own comments and changing them. So that we're kind of four or five first drafts in. We've had 14 authors check in in the last week, so we know that 14 people are still actively working on it. We've seen one complete and dare I say completely amazing piece of artwork from one of the illustrators um so it's all it's all looking good it's all starting to come together because obviously for the first few months we've all been sort of fairly quiet because everybody's been heads down and and we've been sort of trying to get all the information that we can in order to write the books so now we're starting to see some output and it's uh, it's encouraging and are there any any of the the other kickstarters and the other attached uh, projects was there any that uh, that particularly stood out for you any that you're you're keen to see um i'm keen to read the full length novels because i'm definitely interested in uh, in putting a story to the universe and uh, i'm interested in your one because you charmer definitely you, because yeah, the uh, the whole lave thing <laughs> because when they said you're going to start at lave and then I'm thinking, wasn't that a place you didn't go back to when you started because it was too dangerous to go to? So uh, so I'd like to find out how it becomes less dangerous. Well, you know, I can I can assure listeners at this stage that I paid you nothing, <laughs> you know, and that you're on here specifically for your own volition and uh, you said that totally of your own accord. Exactly. Uh, but thank you. That's thank you. Right. I mean, it, you know, it's very humbling to have anybody uh, kind of coming at it and being interested in certainly in uh, in what uh, what's going to happen with that but any of the others any uh, any specific ones that uh, that drew your eye i'm interested to read kate's book because hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy was a, 
an awesome, awesome book, as everybody probably knows. And it kind of sounds like she's got a similar sort of sense of humour and approach to it. I'm kind of interested to know how Frontier are thinking and feeling about that, because I wasn't sure that they'd go for the whole slough thing. But, uh, <laughs> well, you know, but they, they seem to they seem to be OK with it. So, uh, yeah, they certainly do. As long as it doesn't become a rubbish dumping ground, I think they'll be fine. And I, I think Kate will, I've been to Slough, be not the planet. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not far from where I, I work. So. <laughs> <laughs> Everything we've seen so far about the game has been not incredibly serious, but fairly serious. Sure. So I like off the wall things, though. So that should be a fun read. Uh, absolutely. No, I, I offered to edit it. So, um, Kate, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for my draft. Anything in Elite Dangerous that you're particularly interested in seeing? Are there any things that have come out of the development process that, that has really got you excited? At the risk of angering Frontier, planetary landings, come on. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, I understand that it's coming later and that's fine. It, it's important for them to do it right. I, I'm totally behind them on that. There's no point in putting a feature in that uh, that is pointless. But on the original games, on the on the Frontier and Frontier First Encounters, I was one of the people that, even though landing on the planets was kind of pointless because it was a, just a longer-winded way to achieve what docking in the space station was going to get for you, yeah. I'd still do it because it just looked so cool. And and it kind of, it's kind of the end of a journey and then you've got to do the whole landing thing. I like that. Yeah, yeah I guess there's some sort of romance to that. I mean, for me... It didn't really grab me in that because I was a little bit turned off by Frontier because of the blue sky rather, and it that kind of sort of drew me away. But certainly, I've spoken to quite a, a lot of people who who really got something out of that experience. I certainly I stared at, at the planets in in Elite and went, "What else going on down there?" Yeah. So of course, you know anything that brings you a little bit closer to what's actually going on, I think is is part of that story. I'd hope if they're going to implement it, which they say they will. I hope that it brings something. You know, you want to see something that makes something new, don't you? Yeah, I think I think game design is a um, is a proper thing now, isn't it? Whereas back mm. then, it, it really it really wasn't so much. It really people weren't thinking about balance and and all mm. that kind of things. So uh, I think somebody's probably sitting down and looking at it and saying, "How can we make this different to, to docking at the orbital station?" So uh, yeah. I'll be interested to see what that is when it comes along. Absolutely. Okay. Anything you'd like to add, Chris? Yeah, there's one thing I'd like to add. Whoever out there has stolen my name. <laughs> okay. I want it back. I wanted to be Kipper in the okay. uh, when the game comes out, but unfortunately, I'm I'm now going to have to be um, S Kipper. Well, I, I was going to ask you, and this is this is probably a, a slightly writer's thing, but you you are aware that there is a Chris Booker, the author. Really. Yes, yeah. Who is who is a well-known academic? Who wrote the book. <laughs> I'm going to tarnish the, his good name. <laughs> he wrote he wrote the book Seven Basic Plots, oh, uh, which defines all it defines all bodies of storytelling into seven codified plots, <laughs> which is one of those essential readings for anybody who is an academic and study of writing. Uh, it's a very thick and weighty tome. And very, very interesting read. When I saw your name on the Kickstarter, I was thinking, my gosh, we are. <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm reasonably sanguine about the fact that, uh, you know, that is obviously your other life. Yeah, um, that and being an American DJ, I believe. <laughs> well, you know, you, you spread yourself around. You really do. Yeah, um, you try to keep busy. 
<laughs> okay, well, that's going to do us for this evening. So uh, thank you to everybody here. And join us again for another writer's interview next time. Hopefully in the not-too-distant future, we'll nudge those writers for you and keep them working away. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.